Hi, welcome to Plus Up Podcast, brought to you by Media Plus Advisors. I'm Susan George, one of the partners at Media Plus Advisors, a new consultancy specializing in the media of marketing and advertising industry. I'm joined today by my two colleagues, partners, and friends, Carly Feinstein and Perry Ann Grignan. We believe we have a unique point of view for today's media world and have designed services that will drive value for marketers, agencies, and the industry. Today, we're gonna to begin to discuss how we see the future of media performance management. But before we jump into that, let's take a few minutes to get to know us. I'll start. I have 25 years of experience in the media industry, having spent around 10 or 11 years on the agency side in both planning and buying, and about almost 15 years now focused on auditing, performance management, and media consultant. Perry Ann, do you wanna give a brief intro? Hi, Susan. Hi, Carly. Great to be here today. I'm Perry Ann Grignan. I've been in the business a long time. I started on the agency side at places that don't even exist anymore, and then uh, jumped to the client side. And then, um, you know, spent a couple years in ad tech, and then, you know, had a great time in the consulting world. Um, Carly, you want to say hi too? Absolutely. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Carly Feinstein, and I have been in the media and advertising biz for close to 25 years, starting with most of my time on the agency side, but like Susan, doing everything, planning, buying, even content development. And then I spent the last seven years in the media consulting world. So ladies, let's just jump in and start talking. Let's, I, we can't do this today without addressing the fact that 2020 has been an insane year. It's, you know, just in general and when it comes to media and media consumption habits, because with people being stuck at home, there's just been such an influx of TV watching, even though there's not much new on, and Netflix binging, it's all anybody's talking about on social media or just when I'm talking with my friends, the first question people ask after, how are you doing is, what are you binging? So let's take this moment before we get into our topic to talk about what our media obsessions have been. And I'll get us started. So of course, I'm a big TV watcher. I even listen to the radio and I do a lot of, of um, on, being, I'm on, on, online a lot, who's not? But my guilty pleasure is mobile gaming. I am literally any moment I can, I am playing all different games and I have to confess, I even am one of those people who spend some money for power boosts. <laughs> There's my confession. Susan, what's your obsession? Well, like you, I'm a huge TV uh, viewer, but, you know, with just being home so much, I'm binging, you know, shows every couple of days. So the thing that has been really consistent for me that I love and is my go-to is a podcast, actually. It's called Watch What Crappens. As you guys know, I am a very unashamed Bravo super fan. I love the housewives. I engage with the content. I watch the shows. I actually listen to four different um, housewives podcasts. I, you know, am in social media groups. I have in real life people that I talk about uh, the shows a lot with. Um, but I love my uh, Watch What Crappens just because um, they do five shows a week. It's these two guys, Ben and Ronnie. And, um, you know, as content started to wane a little bit in 2020, they branched out. They started covering some of the uh, Netflix reality shows like Selling Sunset. They're going to be doing Great British Bake Off. I just I just love them because 
they're super funny. They do impressions, but they're very positive. It's just been like a nice, consistent thing over the past several months to keep my sanity and bring me a little joy. Harry Ann? Well, I don't think I've changed that much. I read a lot. I, I, I probably read maybe two hours a day, sometimes more. So it's not unusual for me to have like at least two books going. Um, I'm a huge sports fan. I always say like, you know, if there's a clock, you know, a, a ref and a ball, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. Like I'm probably watching it. And I really missed sports in the spring. It it, it was a real kind of like, you know, adjustment and, um, you know, just turning on, uh, you know, even sports news. Like there wasn't a lot of news there. Um, I did come across something that I've been doing kind of like off and on all summer, which was, you know, a list of the of the greatest episodes of West Wing, which I hadn't watched like since it was on. And there was this great list of them. And I've been um, I've been watching uh, those. But I think like Carly, like she was talking about gaming the other day. And somehow I came across something um, about a game that I really want to try. And it just taught me, I don't really know a lot about gaming, but the statistics are unbelievable, you know, about the number of people worldwide that, that are involved. Um, the name of the game I want to play is called um, Surviving Mars, where you like build a city. But then I thought maybe, maybe for 2020, the name of the game should have been like Surviving Earth. <laughs> so not really, but I, I, I just think that, um, there is so much beautiful content out there. Um, but 2020 has been, you know, a real, real challenge. I think the statistic that I read is that in the U.S., media spending in like, you know, April was down 35% versus year ago. Mm -hmm. And then in August, um, I just saw that, you know, it's rising. It, it, it's, you know, nearing 6%. So, we're, you know, we saw that gigantic dip. Um, and now, you know, it's starting to call, you know, its way back. So I guess, you know, hey, Susan, like we've taken, you know, a step back from media auditing um, and then given all the changes that are happening in the marketplace. You know, when you look into your crystal ball, <laughs> you know, what do you think, um, you know, clients and agency partners are going to be working on from a business perspective? Well, you know, I think when we think about um, traditional auditing and, you know, how it would be going right now, I, I think one of the things that we would see is that um, we'd really be struggling to do our normal data collection and to get our audits done the way that, you know, we've been working on those for the past several years. So, you know, if, if we were in a normal year, like this time of year, we would be collecting data for uh, second quarter of 2020. And, um, you know, we would have to assume that there's all sorts of delays and, um, you know, maybe we're still trying to finish up getting data for Q1 or, but I think the thing that would really, we'd really be seeing is that we're looking at this period where the clients were undergoing so much change as they were trying to work through Q2, that's the April, May, June time period when they're cutting so much money trying to get their creative change pulled and changed, you know, trying to make it more relevant to address a COVID message or an economic message. Um, and in many ways, 
working um, with a lesser agency staff because we know so many agency teams were furloughed that I think if we were in our old world of media auditing, you know, everything that we were doing, not everything we were doing, but a lot of the things that we would be pulling together just wouldn't make as much sense. So while, you know, we would want to tell tell clients how they were delivering in a given week or were they getting the right percentage of A's? I, I think, you know, we're normally good with trying to come up with the so what. I think clients would be like, so what if I didn't get enough A's? I had, do you know how much creative I had to change? Do you know how many, how few agency people I had? Things like that. And then on top of that, you know, I think with all of the new media channels that clients were trying to jump on top of really to to change their messaging to reach people while they were now at home and not going out as much, you know, we wouldn't even be capturing a lot of that. So I think uh, I, I think it would be uh, frustrating to work in an old auditing world right now. Um, and, and I think it would be, you know, um, our clients would be struggling to to really use the data we'd be providing. Right, especially because you know, the touch points have changed, right? Um, you know, we've, we just like, when we talked about, oh, you know, what are we excited about? What are we binging? You know, we all mentioned like really different media. You know, Carly, when you think about, you know, how clients really can, you know, measure and monitor and make sure that they're getting what they wanted out of all these touch points, you know, what, you know, what kind of approach would old type auditing do for that right now? So old type auditing wouldn't be able to. Um, it's just, it doesn't allow for flexibility. It's not future facing. And as Susan said, we got shoved into the future very quickly with what's going on in the world right now. And more and more spend is not auditable. So what ends up happening is it's excluded or like Susan was alluding to, it it becomes not even worth doing because what is it going to tell you? And clients are just not getting a true picture of how their activity is performing and managed by their agencies. And if you think about it, that's not fair to the clients or the agencies because the agencies are doing some really good work. And the, they're being so adaptable and flexible and really able to address what's going on and still help their clients get their messages out there. So if all of that's excluded, it's not it's not showing how well they're doing. So, yeah, so okay. I, I think, you know, we just want to. Um, you know, it, it's just frustrating that, um, you know, the, the old world is not really set up to be as adaptable as we wish it could be. So, Susan, let me ask you, how did we get to this point that this is how we audit with that traditional way? And it's so widely accepted. But as we just finished saying, it's it's flawed. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, auditing really originated in the UK and Western Europe. And and those media markets are inherently very different than the US media market. Um, they're volume based and, you know, a, a holding company can really guarantee and impact the pricing, which is normally reflected as a cost per point that a uh, client is going to pay. But um, in order to achieve that, there's a certain amount of quality uh, that will impact that pricing. So for example, you know, 
in in Western Europe, auditing really means a pool audit. And so when you look at your pricing versus a pool, it's going to have a certain position. But you want to look at certain quality things like what's my percentage of A's? What's my percentage of prime? And those are things that will help explain or put in context why your pool pricing might be a certain way. Because if you're 5% below pricing, you would want to have a similar percentage of, you know, A's or percent prime. So what happened is those those KPIs were really retrofit to the U.S. market. Uh, and this is, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Um, but we know the U.S. market is, it, it's a different model. So instead of being volume-based pricing that the holding companies can have a lot of control over, a client-based pricing is really something that moves with a client from agency to agency. And we know that agencies every year during the upfront or scatter negotiations or however they're doing that is really trying to manage the increase year over year. So, you know, if the percentage of prime is important, an agency is going to buy a package that has a higher percentage of prime. It doesn't matter. There's no manipulation to get the pricing down that's not transparent because of the way that the agencies are negotiating the deals with the vendors. So, you know, if you have a network like A&E, and you got a less percentage of prime year over year, your CPM is going to be lower. And that's a, something that agencies will do to um, negotiate the deal. They'll align that with the client. So it doesn't make any sense to have that be almost a gotcha in the pool to say you've got a lower percentage of prime to get the lower pricing. The agency is going to say, yeah, that was our negotiation strategy to keep your price down because we didn't think that higher percentage of prime was warranted. And we align with the client on that. That's not an insight. So uh, that's really one of the main differences between how the Western European markets and the US markets work. So, um, you know, what's happened with auditing is a lot of these KPIs are focused on TV because historically that's been where the highest percentage of spend is. So auditing has become a very watchdog activity. Auditing happens to you. And really what's happened is to meet that demand, agencies have developed accountability teams to manage the audit workflow. And, you know, we work with a lot of great um, accountability teams and the different holding companies. But what happens is the accountability team can talk about why activity is performing a certain way and defend it and explain it. But it's become very removed from the, the client's um, team with, uh, you know, implementation team within the agency because they're just not involved with it. So um, that's really how we've gotten here. But, you know, perry we obviously have a different point of view on how we think this is for the future. So what are some of the attributes that we're thinking about um, in a new world? Okay, well, I, I tend to think about this stuff like for a set of framework for thinking about it and then build upon that framework. So one of the frameworks I've been thinking about is like very kind of like out there and well-known, which is, you know, called the unattainable triangle. So someone says, guess what? There are three things, you know, you can, you can have great quality, you can have it really fast and you can have it at a great price. So kind of like quality, speed and price. But the unattainable part is that, oh, guess what? You can really only have two out of three. So you can have it fast and low cost, 
or you can have it really good and fast, but at a high cost, or you can have it good at a low cost, but really slow. But it's really, really hard um, you know, to get all three of those things working well. And that's why, you know, the concept is called the unattainable, you know, triangle. Um, actually, I, I, we're thinking differently. You know, our, our thing is that with collaboration and thinking new and thinking differently and really getting collaboration going, that, that throw away that unattainable triangle. I mean, you can have it all, or at least you can get to, you know, a better balance. So, you know, I think we have to put, you know, this, um, you know, this part of the question on the table. How can all parts of the triangle get to that more balanced out, you know, outcome that, that everyone is looking for? So, you know, the first thing you got to do is look at eliminating uh, rework and eliminating work that has no value. If it has no value, and it's annoying, man, get rid of that. It just because you're doing it doesn't mean it's right. So we can get rid of the stuff that is causing slowness, might not, you know, do anything to quality, but certainly it might be driving up, you know, you know, the price of doing a work activity. So, you know, we can make the process faster by collaborating together and taking out and getting rid of that kind of watchdog thing, Susan, that you were just talking about. So the heavy process of data collection, the back and forth. When you think about um, the time it actually takes, not just to collect data, but to get data alignment. Like, do we all agree on the data hierarchy? Um, other thing about like data management too, is that, you know, a lot of these, you know, old audits were very much look backs, right? So you're comparing, you know, April, 2020 to April, 2019. I mean, can you imagine, you know, just the creative messaging architecture and maybe the media mix is just going to be so vastly different. Also, in April 2020, like what would prime time exactly mean? <laughs> right. It, 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 you know, everyone's clocks were different, really, because of how people were, you know, you know, getting by. So got to really, you know, take out that part of it. And the process can get faster if we eliminate it. Um, but we always want a good quality result. Right. We have to have that because we want media performance management to be predictive and be a source of truth for future strategies. So, you know, let's say we can collaborate and that can be achieved by a by really relying on what the agencies are doing now and doing really well, right? They, they're in the market, they're transacting, they're managing all, all of that. So their data is aligned the way that they need it to be. Um, and if we collaborate, we rely on that data, we get rid of the stuff that isn't working, we can lift all of those things up. And the result is gonna be you know, better for marketers because it's faster, great quality, budget-friendly. Agencies don't have to you know, struggle to you know, do some of these like ancient lookbacks um, and they don't have to devote, um, you know, staff time to doing archaeological digs on data and alignment. But the thing that we'll be challenged on around that thinking, um, I think, is, you know, the question becomes, can we trust the agencies, right? Can we really take out that validation piece that got invented, I don't know, a couple of decades ago that is still hanging around? 
Um, so what do you think, Susan? You know, can we trust the agencies? Yes, I think we can trust the agencies. Um, you know, I've been doing this for 15 years and have looked at, you know, 700 plus audits, either myself or as part of a team. And, and the agencies are not um, not being transparent in their audit data. The data that agencies are, are pulling out of their backend system and sending over after everything has been cleared and posted that we're then matching to a, a third party data source. We, we don't find we I have never found an issue um, where an agency has been trying to um, pull a fast one over the auditor on with that data. And a lot of that is because, you know, the agencies have posts that tie to that data. Um, and those posts are backed up by MSAs and things like that. But there, it, it would be really hard for agencies to to go to the trouble of faking their audit data. Uh, so what happens is um, we've been spending so much time where we validate it, we send it back, you know, we're both checking each other for errors. You know, I would love to say in a perfect world, the auditors don't make errors, but we know um, some agencies are going to say that's not true. A lot of times we're checking their errors. Um, so yes, I, I think we can um, rely on the, the agency for um, managing that part of it. I mean, are there transparency issues within the industry? Of course there are, um, but it's not in the data that the agencies are sending over for their audits. So if you wanna focus on transparency, focus on contract reviews, focus on financial audits and mappings and understanding the role of the holding company and how all that money is passing, that's where you wanna focus on for transparency. We, we believe we can use the agency's data. However, we do think some third party guidance is necessary to ensure that, you know, the methodology really is objective. We all know we're all media people. You can make the numbers, tell the story you want to tell the story. So we want to have an agree to methodology that everybody is looking at the calculations in the most objective way. So it's fair for the agency and the client. And we think, um, you know, really having our guidance in that methodology development and governance over the process is really where we're going to let the agencies really focus on the good work that they do, not get bogged down with this data slog and really make the results useful for clients, which is really um, a win-win for everyone. So Carly, do we see that there's any other positive outcomes that could come from this change? Absolutely, I see many. You know, the fact that the emphasis is off of the act, the data and exactly what was bought and all those details and switching the emphasis to KPIs that link to goals and outcomes. That's the number one positive outcome and benefit. But we also, something that, again, all, all of us together have had quite a, have done quite a bit of audits. And one of the things that always bothered us, and I think I could speak for all of us, is that those results were never linked to anything else. Mm -hmm. It just didn't, it didn't happen for whatever reason. Um, one may be just the delay, the, the timing was off of when audit results came from when other data was available. But with the, the vision we have here, that ability to link to other data that 
marketers are getting from, let's say, their digital activity or addressable activity, um, it, it, it could, or just other marketing operation platforms or initiatives like their media mix modeling or any zero-based budgeting, um, uh, you know, engagements they're doing. So that that's another positive outcome. And then, as you know, I have to reiterate what Perry Ann said about speed, that's a huge positive outcome because traditional auditing historically takes such a long time, especially in the US because of the data lag and that lag of posting. And then like you were talking about, Susan, the data cleansing and the back and forth between auditor and agency. And, it, and it's just kind of expected to be perfect. All the I's dotted, all the T's crossed, but perfect isn't necessary. Sometimes good enough is quicker and you could work with what you have to pull those insights and recommendations that Perianne was talking about help with future decision decisioning and then i think another outcome that's positive is that what Perianne was talking about with collaboration and trust ultimately there'll be better client agency relationships because performance management measurement is going to be reliant on just better collaboration and trust that's going to snowball into so many other better areas of their relationship. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's interesting, you know, you said, you mentioned that the results really never link back to anything. And, you know, I, I've been thinking about this. It, it It's gotten to feel like, and I know with a lot of clients we work with, a lot of the stuff we do helps inform agency incentive comp, but more often than not, it feels like it's something for everyone to check off that they've done. We've made sure that someone's looking at our agency so we can um, check the box and move on. But it's a lot of work that goes into that. It's a lot of work on your agency side. It's, you know, the clients um, spend a lot of time with it. It's a lot of work on the auditor side. Let's make sure that it's really useful. Um, so that's where we really see this change from auditing to media performance manage management. And we're super excited. We look forward to talking to clients and agencies about our POV. And we want to really ensure that KPI measurement is flexible and most importantly, aligned to business goals. So um, I think what we wanted to uh, talk about quickly is some other stuff that we see going on in the industry. Um, Carly, what is one of the other big changes we've seen in 2020? So we're seeing a lot of adaptability. You know, I am so impressed on how quickly clients, agencies, consultants just back in March did this quick change to their lives were turned upside down. They couldn't get into the office. They couldn't use their the the tools that they were using that were linked to their their office computers and servers, and they had to rely on their home Wi-Fi with kids running around, dogs barking, um, you know, not enough space, all the different things, all the different distractions, let alone just the stress of it all was such a distraction. And how quickly business just went back to usual and that adaptability. You know, I personally felt I, I've done a lot of pitch management in my in my consulting time. And I actually thought that that was going to be the one thing that people, clients and agencies could not adapt to because it's so reliant on chemistry and 
and showing showing a, an agency showing a client what their their vibe is at their office and just those little side conversations that happen when people are grabbing coffee or taking a break sometimes can be the thing that locks in a relationship so i never thought that the the industry would be able to adapt and then many more months kept going by and clients had needs and they had the need to go to pitch and i actually during covid worked on two different pitches that went smoothly and brilliantly virtually it just they actually there are so many things yes that that chemistry that that camaraderie that that humanness of being in person was lost but a lot what was gained was that a lot of the focus was on the content and what what the, what needed to be addressed what the the problem or that that the client wanted to be addressed the agency solution to that problem, it was all focused on that, not the egos, not the dog and pony. So it, that that adaptability really made its way into the pitch world. And so, you know, we could talk about that forever. As a matter of fact, we could um, probably focus a whole podcast on that. And I think that's what our next podcast should be. And we'll dive deeper into the agency pitch world and our point of view on whether it should a, a client should try to fix or go to pitch so i think that sounds great i you know i've been reading a lot in the um media industry news lately just seeing how active pitches still are and i think that's gonna you know continue uh for the foreseeable future so i'm, I'm looking forward to discussing that next time yeah i agree the, the, the one thing that has never gone away is, um, you know, an emphasis on ideas, you know, ideas and innovation, you know, will, will rise above, you know, any challenges, um, that this, that the industry, you know, has. So, um, we're going to be revisiting, you know, um, uh, topics like media performance management and KPIs and, um, Susan, you, you touched on methodology and, and how important that was. And, you know, we brought up transparency. So we, we've got a lot of great topics to, to come. Um, we are planning to bring in guests, um, guests to, to, you know, share this time with us and not, you know, um, not just guests, but we might also hear, you know, uh, children in the background, um, our pets, um, and, you know, just normal everyday lives. So with that, uh, this is Perry Ann saying goodbye. Thank you.